I am here with Caroline Monaghan uh, for another episode of the Amazing Ordinary Podcast, because Caroline, you are amazing. <laughs> An ordinary. Um, <laughs> so welcome and thank you so much for talking to me today. From the first time we got talking properly, I just knew, as I've said to you already, mm-hmm. that I knew I had to talk to you for my podcast. The, that night when we met, it was at the gym and I'd seen you obviously so many times before. And yeah. You- got to know you more and I was like oh my god and I had then again like this idea of the podcast and I knew again what I wanted to do with it but I hadn't like identified all the people I wanted to talk to or anything but as soon as I spoke to you and I actually asked you that first night that was it so anyway from there I obviously knew I wanted to speak to you and I guess I just want to share your story because it is so interesting and maybe just give me a bit of background to you like you're from I'm from, I should say the first side of Tume, Lavely, outside Tume. Okay. So, the youngest of five, grew okay. up in the country, moved to Carfe nine years ago, uh, three kids. So, um, they're, they're 10, six, and four. I should think what age is yours. Oh, that's all right. But, um, yeah, so, ordinary. Yeah. Working away, you know, yeah. and um, it and was it was my first cousin was getting married the next day on a Friday, mm-hmm. the fourteenth of July, what two thousand and seventeen. Okay, yeah. And uh, my cousin Paul, we used to joke he was marrying Brendan. It was the first gay wedding we were going to, oh, and amazing. this was yeah. <clears throat> and it was in the Ormore Lodge Hotel. And myself and Dola, my husband, we were saying it's great because <laughs> it was all in the one place. You didn't have to go mm. to the church and be driving, and so it was a civil ceremony, and it was all in the one place. But I ended up anyway missing the civil ceremony the next day mm. because they closed the doors bang on two and we got there at like 10 past two or oh. something. And the reason we were late because I was up in a heap because the night before, which was a Thursday night, I was in bed and I thought, well, I haven't actually checked my breasts in a long time to mm. see. And I would check because my mother had breast cancer. Okay. She actually had cancer twice. Um, my mother had breast cancer, her mother had, and her mother's mother had. So oh. like, it's... So you knew it was in the family? Absolutely, Yeah. And, you know, you you can check your breasts easily, whereas, like, other cancers you can't check for. Mm-hmm. You know, not really. So, um, I said, oh, I must, must check. Mm. And my blood ran cold. Like, it, it was there. It was in my left breast, and it was, like, no denying it. It was a lump. Really? So, you just oh. knew <clears throat> straight away? Straight away. Well, I didn't know straight away it was cancer, but I no, knew straight away. No, of course. You know, there was no denying that well, there it was, was something Well, it was there. just, like, it was in there, and it was... Um, it was round and it was hard okay. and when you pushed it with your finger it didn't move so because that's often that's really interesting because that's often something yeah. for I suppose anyone who, who hasn't been in this like you're often like you're thinking to yourself what's what's not normal mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. am I looking out mm-hmm. for but in your experience you're it's obvious to you and it's not normal well it was well rooted you know yeah. and like they do say if you can move it with your finger sometimes it can be a little cyst or something but equally they say if it feels if it's dotted like a golf ball that's bad but mine wasn't dotted like a golf ball right. mine was smooth for lack of a better word like mm. but it was very very far in like it was kind of in the middle of my breast okay it wasn't obvious and actually the surgeon said to me did you know that like were you actually looking for something he said how did you find that it didn't show up in my mammogram you're joking no so it was That's scary very scary and it was 1.9 centimeters which like the size of your thumb i guess isn't huge you know some women they're five six seven centimeters but it was big enough to feel and can i ask what age you were then would you believe if you i mind? no no i was 37 
But I was 38 the following Tuesday and went to the doctor on my 38th birthday. You're joking. No. So I was 37 when I had it. And we had been to Portugal the previous month. My friend got married. And I was looking at the photographs in Portugal and not sounding um, big-headed here, but I looked great. I felt great. I looked great. There was pictures of me at the wedding in Portugal. A picture of health. Absolutely. (gasps) I no more looked sick than anybody else. I was healthy. I ate well. I exercised. Um... I don't kids, I was busy. And that's, I think, as well, the importance of checking yeah. yourself and being aware because so often we assume maybe naively, oh, but if, if that was to happen to me, I'd, I'd feel off, you know, and I'd feel <coughs> not myself yeah. or I'd feel a bit tired. Or So I you're saying you felt 100%. didn't feel any fatigue. I didn't feel like, oh, I need to lie on the couch. I didn't feel wrecked. I didn't, I didn't have any symptoms. Mm. Not one. Yeah, that is scary. It, it is like, yeah, yeah but... <clears throat> so I I can't even remember did I say it to Donald or I think he could have been asleep on the next morning but my history is that um, I had a lumpectomy in the same breast in 2004 and the lump okay. was benign Okay. and I had several lumps since and they always turned out to be nothing right so I have lumpy breasts for lack of a better description okay yeah but I found another one when I was pregnant with Charlie and he's six now and they said well if it is something we can't do anything until you have the baby mm. but they checked it and it was they were always benign right but I thought that doesn't mean the next one I is know. going to be and they do say they, the experts say statistically if you've had a series of lumps down the line it's probably one is going to be cancerous so like you can't ignore them you can't say it's going to be nothing so that was in the back of your head all the time yeah and I said it to Donald the next morning and I got him to check and he was like oh. I knew by his face he could feel it yeah you know it wasn't a case of I don't know what you're talking about you know and do you think he was concerned at that point I don't think so probably because I wasn't flapping about okay and we yeah. went to the wedding oh good you know <laughs> as in and did, did you enjoy yourself <laughs> Absolutely did. Okay, good. But nobody would have guessed by me I'd anything serious in my mind or, yeah. you know, like, I could have gone to the doctor that day, but I went to the wedding. Yeah. And I thought, oh, look, you know, I'll go to the doctor next week type thing, okay. you know. Okay, okay. And Monday I was working, so Tuesday I was off and it happened to be my birthday, my 30th birthday. Oh, gosh. And I went to the GP and uh, she, she had a job to feel it like. And then mm. she said to me, she actually said to me, do you know what, Carnage, that I wouldn't lose a night's sleep over this. You're yeah. Now it wasn't my GP. It was actually a locum that was in. Okay. And so. But now, equally, I suppose, sound advice in the sense of like, they don't want you to be in a flap. Because yeah. Even if she had sensed it was. I agree, um, but I since had a conversation with the main doctor there, but and and he said exactly what you said. Mm. We don't want to worry our patients, but equally, we don't want them going out thinking absolutely no way you've nothing to worry about. I know. You know, so you have to kind of gauge it. But I had no relationship with her. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. And she said she would refer me. And because of the history, she was referring me as urgent. So you should get seen within two weeks. Okay. But I was 12 weeks. 12 weeks? Yep. Which is legally the longest time they're allowed to leave you waiting. So just I saw my file because I asked to see it and there's a big or in the front, which means routine. So when your referral goes in, even if you're marked as urgent, the referral is triaged. Okay. And they have to decide. And they do have to make a call and I'll give them that. They... I feel they probably looked at my history and said, this lady's looking for reassurance. Mm-hmm. She's got another lump. Mm-hmm. She's young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And like, my daughter wasn't even two. So they probably thought, you know, she could have lumpy breasts after pregnancy, whatever. But um, I eventually got called in and I went in on my own, naively, because like, she should be grand. Yeah. 
should be fine. And I was only 10 months in my That's job. That's our real Irish mentality, isn't it? Absolutely. Sure, we'll be grand. But you see, I think too, with everything I've been through, I'm always stronger by myself. Because if I had Donald with me, I'd start crying. I because know. I know, well, he'd be able to deal with it. But when you're on your own, you have to hold yourself together. You do. You do. Because you have to listen. And yeah. you have to stick in what they're saying. So you, you can't be a mess. No. So um, I kind of knew that day then anyway. So basically, they called me and did a mammogram. Did a physical examination first and they could feel it did the mammogram nothing showed up like no lump nothing and uh they i'm sorry the mammogram is the like the actual the mammogram um, is where you're standing scan of it. And oh. it's the, like an x-ray on it. yeah 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 okay yeah. and it hurts yeah. like hell yeah. and but the mammogram is is what detects breast cancer in most women you know oh, and it didn't pick it up they said i had dense breast tissue and because i was young in inverted commas and that's why routine mammograms don't happen in women until they're 50 plus because your breast tissue is too dense, mm. to, to be fair. Mm. And they only will do an ultrasound if um, they feel there's something there. So, like, an ultrasound isn't a diagnostic measure. Okay. So, a, a mammogram would be. So, they did the ultrasound and should screen this up. And I was lying on the bed. And the girl, I since the lady, I should say, I since got to know her, she, she told me she tries to remain poker-faced all the time. And she did a pretty good job, like, but I knew... And uh, they were kind of looking at each other, and I was looking at the, the screen. And she said, um, "Oh, we're just going to, um, we're just going to um, just put in a little needle." And she was trying to explain it to me, like in really simple terms. Try to take a biopsy. Yeah. And I said to her, "Are you talking about a biopsy?" Yeah, but I could be really quick, and so she explained it all to me. But I wasn't allowed to get off the bed. So I came in just thinking I was going to have like routine ultrasound, and then say off you go. I was only 10 months in my job. I had said to my boss, I have a doctor's appointment or hospital appointment. I don't know what I said, but I certainly didn't say what I, where I was going. Yeah, yeah. And um, she said, so she did, the, she did the biopsy. So sorry, were you due to go back to work? Yes. Oh, is, isn't that the worst when you have an appointment yeah. and you're due to go back to work mm-hmm. and it's delayed and then you're in a panic? Yes, <laughs> In absolutely. a flap over that. And I was, and because I was only new in my I job. Know. You know, yeah, you're, you're thinking, oh, I don't want to think I'm, you know... Taking advantage or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh. So um, they had to give me local anaesthetic and she did the biopsy and she kind of stitched it up and uh, she said to me, like, you're not going to be able to go back to work, you know, because, like, I was quite sore and stuff. And then she said to me, "Um, now the consultant is going to see you. And that was it. I said to her, why does the consultant want to see me? Oh, this is all routine. This is all normal. And I said, with all due respect, I've been in here loads of times at breast lumps and I have never met the consultant because he's a really busy man. So why does he want to meet with me? Oh, it's all routine. This is all routine. Things have changed since you've been here and there's nothing to worry about. So they sent me back out to the waiting room and I didn't even get a chance to ring Donald. And next thing I was called by the consultant and he had no delay, a breast care nurse with him. And she was sitting beside him and she looked at me sympathetically with the head sideways when I came in and she hello. And I thought, oh, fuck. Sorry. Here we go. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed. And he was very nice and he introduced himself, very smiley, very pleasant man. And um, he said to me, so, and I actually remember he said to me, you had a needle stuck in you today and you weren't expecting that. And I said, well, to be honest, I said, I wasn't expecting to meet you either. And I said, I'm not expecting anything that has happened here today. I said yeah. to him. And he said, now, Caroline, I've seen the scans or whatever. Now, if this is cancer, and then I stopped listening and I started crying. And I said, I was with my mother the day she was diagnosed. And I was like, this is like going back in time, except for it's me. 
And he said, listen, this isn't about your mother with all due respect. This isn't your mother. This is you. And I'm saying if it's cancer. So he started talking about what treatment I would have, hypothetically, uh, chemotherapy, radiotherapy. And I was like, I said to him, I've just come in here from Amgar. Why are you talking to me about chemotherapy? And I was really cross about it. I can imagine. It's a real shock to the system. And I was by myself. That's it. Like, I have chills here listening to you telling me that. I can't even imagine what it's like to be in that situation. Yeah. 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 And just the shock of it, yeah. you know? And the nurse, she was so nice, you know, she was lovely. And he was busy, he had called, he'd go to the next person, very matter of fact, but he was very nice. Yeah. And um, he said, We will see you back here in seven days for the results of the biopsy. Now I'm going to leave you with Catherine, I think it was, and she'll get your details and you can contact her anytime you need any queries. I was like, Right. So he went anyway, and then of course, I rang Donald, like, wrong crying, coming home. Oh, and he God. said, but what did they say to you? Like, they didn't say whatever. But he said from that day, he knew. Okay. You know. Donald so, knew. Yeah, because why would they talk to you? I don't know. Why would they I put you through that? Like, if, you know, it wasn't. And do you think the consultant knew? Oh, he knew. He told me afterwards. He oh, knew. Oh, he did, right. Okay. He knew exactly what he was looking at. But they have to wait for the pathology report and the histology report and they cannot should they be sued I know maybe there might be 1% chance it wasn't cancer and if he said she was cancer like mm, my, my dad was diagnosed with cancer they told us there and then it's cancer they didn't wait for no results mm. because so they, they know they know they're professionals they know, they yeah. know. Yeah. so um, yeah so Donald came with me seven days later for the results of the biopsy and uh, it was the same consultant again Carl and very nice man and sorry, was that a long seven days? Or were you just <coughs> yes. Like, <gasps> now, that day, actually, that I had the biopsy, I ended up texting the accountant at work saying, um, listen, I told you I had a hospital appointment. I said, I'm actually in the breast clinic, and I'm actually after having a biopsy, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I can't come in today. Yeah. He said, that's fine. I'd say he was like, oh, God, I don't need to be hearing about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I um, went to work the next day, and uh, but yeah, so I went in for the biopsy results, and... Uh, he sat me down and he said he was very nice and I remember Donald was sitting opposite me mm-hmm. and he started introducing himself to Donald and saying now myself and your wife went through such and such last week and I was like just get on with it you yeah. know like he had my file coming in and he had my surgery date printed out appointment already in the file to give to me you know so he knew exactly what he was coming in to tell me and so he just uh, in fairness the way he said it to me like he was pretty good and he said, do you remember I met with you last week and I said to you, if it was cancer? And I said, yeah, I remember that. And he said, well, unfortunately, that's what it is. Wow. So that was the way he said it, which was kind of... He didn't sugarcoat it. No, but he... If you... I don't know if you've ever been in the breast clinic, but it's a long hall and there's doors all, and there's women in all these doors waiting. Okay. And the doors are open while you're waiting for the consultants. The doors are open and your file is outside. And when you walk down the hall, you look in. It's human nature. And there's women sitting there waiting to be seen. They could be getting good news. They could be getting bad news. Mm. Whatever. He has to... Like, he has a schedule. Yeah. And... But at that point then, I got really angry. And I said to him, I was left waiting 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and and he just kind of said, well, you're here now. So it's he did explain to me... though. No, but look at... I know, I, I know. I said, I, know. I, I need to conserve my energy. Like, I can't be angry. But yeah. uh, they brought me then to a room as I sit down, like it's like the bad news room with love fancy couches and oh brought in tea and coffee and biscuits. Oh. And I was like, that's it. As if that's going to help with, the, with what I've just heard. <laughs> but I did eat the biscuits. Of course. <laughs> I would have too. Yeah. But yeah, that was that day. And then I have three sisters and a brother and they were all, the sisters in particular were waiting on Tinder hooks like, to hear from I'd me. Say. But I had only just told them. Like, as in, I didn't tell them I had a lump. I didn't tell them 
anything. I told them when um, I had a biopsy done. Right. And I think the day that he said to me, start talking about cancer treatment, I was like, okay, maybe I should tell them. Yeah. And the baby, like, that's so it's hard on them. That's very yeah. frightening for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, when my mother back in the day, um, 17 years ago now, when she had cancer, and the day of her surgery, she had a mastectomy, and the surgeon said, we were all there, how many girls are there? And my sister Mag said, there's four of us girls. And he said, statistically, statistically, sorry, two of you in your lifetime will get cancer. And my sister Mag told me when I was diagnosed, first thing that came into her head was that consultant. And now it's actually one in two. Is it just, I can't even say the word statistics now. But yeah, so it just went from there. He gave me the letter that day. I was with my surgery on the 2nd of November. Okay. This was the 18th of October. I was doing my surgery 2nd of November. And I was like, I can't wait two weeks. Yeah. This cancer is here. And I like, know. it's growing. And yeah. you could visualize putting your hand into your breast and ripping it out because yeah. I thought, I can't function. Yeah. I can't. Knowing that that's in me. And it's growing. And in fact, it had spread to my lymph nodes. Had it. Yeah. And I didn't know that till after the surgery. So I was, that's another reason I was angry about the 12 week wait. Maybe it hadn't spread then, you know? So anyway, that was done and dusted. But, um, so I had my surgery and I was to have a lumpectomy. And he said to me that it is as effective as a mastectomy. And because the, the tumour was 1.9 centimetres, which is relatively, not to me it wouldn't be small, but to them it's small okay. and manageable. And he said to me the morning of the surgery, now he said, when I'm in there, he said, and his words, if I find anything sinister in there, do I have your permission to remove that as well? I said, remove the breast if you need to, I don't care. Yeah, I have to do yeah, what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. So basically he went in to remove the tumour, got it, but found a second tumour in the same breast. There was also cancer that I couldn't even feel. Oh my God. And it was cancer as well. So it was in situ. So the tumour that I felt um, was invasive and it had already gone into the breast tissue and into the lymph nodes. And the other one, they call it DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ. Okay. So it hadn't yet broken out, if you like. Okay. And nearly grown legs, if you can visualise it and yeah. going all over. And so the first place it goes to outside of your breast is the nearest lymph node and that's called the sentinel lymph node. Okay. So in the surgery... He removed the two tumours, but then it had gone to so much breast tissue, he ended up doing a partial mastectomy, and he took out the sentinel lymph node to test that. Some surgeons do a full auxiliary clearance, they take out all your lymph nodes, and cancer might only be present in two of them, and then they're all gone, and you're left with lymphedema in your arm and in your hand. So he, he just took out the sentinel. So if it's in the sentinel lymph node, then they, they go back and do more surgery and seize it. But if the sentinel lymph node is clear, it's not in your lymph nodes. Okay. So anyway... Um, I did two week wait for the results of the surgery, and I was but all bandaged up. Did you have to wait to hear about the how the surgery went for two weeks? Mm. I didn't even know about the second tumor for two full yeah. weeks afterwards. When you I came, like to me, I, and I, again, obviously, I don't know how these things work. Yeah. You would picture that as soon as you wake up from your no. anaesthetic, he's he's that a busy this man. Is something oh, he was going off doing another surgery. Caroline, you know? busy man, but he had to be. Now, I did speak to... I know, I know, I get it. His team, if you like. Okay. And they said he's happy with how the surgery went. And that was kind of all I wanted to hear. Yeah. And it didn't occur to me there might be a second tumour. It didn't occur to me he did a partial vasectomy because it was so bandaged up. And, like, I actually took photographs of it. Oh, my God. Like, and it, the, the bruising it was black and blue. It was all, like, it was, it was horrendous. Like, gosh. So, Donald's mother um, lives in Tullamore and she was great. She took the kids down. 
because when I came home I was literally like an oompa loompa mm. they put, inject blue dye into your body and like your wow. urine is actually blue for a couple of days and your features your skin is blue oh and I said gosh. I would have been one of the bloody smurfs coming home I would have freaked out my children oh. so they had to be gone and actually just very quickly sorry on the kids do you think they had a sense of what was going on no okay see and it wasn't even two right okay That's good. Um, Charlie was what was Charlie four <laughs> and only cared about himself and okay. Fionn was eight Fionn knew I was having surgery, but I would never... I didn't actually... I didn't, don't think I told Fionn it was cancer until after the surgery because Fionn kind of would be a very anxious child anyway. Okay, yeah. And my mother had had cancer and people he knew had cancer had died. Oh, yeah, I know. And then so, kids just make that association and that's it in that's their mind. It. You can't change then what they yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was so it. So you came home that, that day? That It was a day surgery, yeah. And I came in home. and out in the window. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. In a way, I was home to my own bed, though. Yeah, it's you know, true. and I was wrecked, and just kind of slept and stuff. Really, you're really sore, like you're very sore. And then when I was due to go back in the two weeks for the results, they rang me the day before to say actually it's going to be three weeks. We're pushing it out by another week because we're down in staff in the laboratory, and I lost it. I actually lost it. I on don't the phone. blame you. And I said, "You have left me twelve weeks. You've already failed me." I am not. I said, "I'm going to come. And I'm going to camp on your doorstep." Yeah. I am not waiting another week. And the lady was lovely, and fairness, she was only making the call. I know. I so know. she went and spoke to the consultant. She rang me back, and she said, "Listen, he's he's willing to let you come in tomorrow as planned, and give you the results, but <laughs> willing to let you come in like hello, yeah. it's your results, it's your body." Yeah, but you, but I know. you are just you know. So the results the he system. gave me the next day. He said to me, there's a 30% chance that these results could change because I don't have them in writing. It's not an official result from the laboratory, but it was the results. So that mm-hmm. day he told me anyway that it, was, it had been gone to the lymph nodes and he got clear margins is what they call it. So the breast tissue around the tumour, the cancer had gone so far into that. So whatever he removed, when that went under a, a microscope, the outer layer of the tissue had to be cancer free. So clear margins. So the margin of it was clear. And if it wasn't clear margins, you go back and do another surgery. So we got clear margins. So that was good news. That was good news. Brilliant. Yeah. And then he told me about the tumour. And then he said about the lymph nodes and the was off again. And he said, but like the chemo will, whatever bit of cancer is left, the chemo will kill it. Okay. And the radiotherapy and so on and so forth. So was there ever a hope, like was chemo <clears throat> always on the cards or was there ever a hope that the surgery would clear no. enough? No, what no. they do is they send your tumour, which is quite amazing, to California. What? Yeah. My tumour. I was like, a part of me went to America. <laughs> <laughs> a part of you was on holidays <laughs> or you were suffering. <gasps> yeah. Damn that tumour. <laughs> they sent it to California because I don't, they don't do it in Ireland. Okay. And it's tested. And there is, there is um, a scale. There's a rating, or I can't remember the exact terminology for it now. Uh, oncotype. So you get an oncotype scoring. So if you're between one and five, whatever, blah, 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 you might need it. But mine was just so invasive that there was no question I had to have chemo. And because I was young, in inverted commas. So mm-hmm. they said, no, like, that's it. You have to. In right. like, there, there was no option. And you know what? I kind of nearly, for peace of mind, I kind of nearly wanted. Yeah, like, just make sure it's gone, basically. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that was the 2nd of November. And... Because Christmas was coming up. If Christmas wasn't there, they would have started the chemo sooner. But they said, look, we'll let you recover from your surgery. We'll let you have Christmas. And I started chemo on the 8th of January, wow. 2018. Wow. And ironically, 8th of January, 2019, I went back to work. It was the same date. No way. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, I was a year out of work and I never thought I would be. I thought, oh, I'll be back and I'll be grand. Yeah. But no, you're but not. But like, you probably had no idea how much of a toll the chemo no. and everything would take on your body, no. you know. And the radiotherapy. Just, yeah. No, if you get through chemo, radiotherapy is a walk in the park. Is it? Yeah. But if it's just radiotherapy on its own, it's, mm. that's tough, you know. And like, that's still such a recent history. So it's two years ago last month I finished treatment. Yeah. It was two years ago, yeah. Wow. And after that, what are the the markers, if you will? So, like, you now have... You wait your year, mm-hmm. you get your... So, for the year. first year, you're in every three months. Okay. And the second year, it's every six months. And now I'm yearly. Okay. And it's, it's like, it doesn't make sense to say you can only have a mammogram once a year due to the level of radiation. And I'm like, hey, I have so much radiation in my body. Like, it really doesn't matter. At this stage, yeah. I know. So, but I it's know. yearly. And as I said to you earlier, every time I'm in the doctor, it's like... A, which get is them perfect. checked yeah and I do check perfect. myself but um and that's really good actually I think that's worth a point worth noting mm. you have a literally set day you check yourself the first day of every month yeah, yeah that's yeah. brilliant but as I just say as well like I found this tumour I saved myself you know and you can't wait for anyone else to pick up on these things yeah. we have to be self aware don't you we you have to be yeah and some some people are afraid to check the fear what mm-hmm. if I find something I know but if you do you, you have to deal with it because if you ignore it my mother found a lump and she told nobody she ignored it she didn't even tell my father she was early 60s and it was a case of if I ignore it it might go away her tumour became so large it was growing outwards from her breast oh, and she eventually showed it to my dad and he was like this is not right and I brought her to the doctors and I was went with her the day she got diagnosed and the day she was diagnosed with cancer their first grandchild was born oh, my nephew no way and it was also the day of our stations you know the stations oh yeah <laughs> so locations like, across and they still went ahead of them for our mammy like you're she, joking no, me no no they still went ahead of them your poor mum but she, she was strong yeah she was strong like and she had a mastectomy because it was so far gone she never complained really she never complained she just got on with it well something tells me you probably didn't either you're that kind of I, person I didn't really because like I suppose all the anti from a sickness point of view there's yeah. so much anti-sickness medication mm. and i took it i didn't wait till i was sick i just took like but my mother oh, didn't have the anti-sickness medication and when my mother had cancer 17 years ago everybody got the same chemo okay but now your chemo is tailored to your tumor so it's very specific it's it's for you so my mother i remember her nose used to be running all the time and she'd be like literally puking into a basin Aww. beside the bed she was so sick and she was about eight stone she weighed nothing like and um, but everybody at the time was the same mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. science wasn't there so it had come on so much in the 15 years so in a way obviously no one ever wants to get the news you had to get yeah. but you know you got it at a time when you had a better fighting chance, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I actually had to go to St. James's in Dublin for um, genetic testing. Okay. And thankfully, I don't have the gene, which is amazing. Now, they did say that there's clearly a genetic mutation somewhere. Okay. But they said to me, I have, typical of me, I have broken the mold. I've changed the trend because <laughs> all the cancers in my family, they've been in their 50s and 60s. Right. And I was in my 30s. I was 37. So they said, you're after breaking the trend like mm-hmm. so they said to me do any of your first cousins have they ever had breast cancer and I said no but wasn't my first cousin diagnosed last year she's wow. 48 so they said to me in St. James's your first cousins may not have cancer now but when they hit 50s and 60s they may I'm not saying they will is it amazing yeah. I can tell that yeah and was there a concern then with your siblings like yeah your so sisters? my three sisters were all called in then for mammograms and they were all fine 
and right. they get called now for yearly mammograms brilliant yeah so and they're all fine into, they're like kind of in the system now because of yeah. you which is good yeah yeah, yeah. So then after that, like, that's just, it's just huge. I, I mean, even, I mean, I know we spoke about it that night in the gym. Uh, hence, why we, hence why we were in there so long. <laughs> but like, even hearing it again, it actually just gives you shivers. But, but I guess the whole thing too is the positivity that radiates from you, even talking about it, which is amazing, you know, and how you have found such positivity from that experience and one of those things obviously has been you know fitness health mm-hmm. things you have yeah. to look at to really improve your lifestyle yeah. um obviously the gym you can tell us about that because that was how we met mm-hmm. but like did you make any other changes to your lifestyle after that a lot of people have asked me that and i didn't really like a lot of women i've gotten to know through breast cancer they've cut out red meat or they've cut out alcohol or uh, yeah. the cancer causes you know cancer is caused by red meat or whatever I think I if you read didn't. enough though Caroline it would be caused by anything Everything. on any day like it changes yeah. it's so hard to know yeah I agree and yeah. I think genuinely if you're going to get it you're going to get it mm-hmm. so while you're here eat what you want and have your glass <laughs> of wine and have your bar of chocolate and you know yeah. like don't be depriving yourself I you know? know and I mean a good friend of mine she passed it'll be two years ago next month and she was 41 with two little girls and you know before she passed away she was saying to me god I I used to be going to Weight Watchers I used to worry about my weight and now I'm dying yeah and I'm 41 and I have two little girls I almost didn't even make a holy communion so perspective have the bloody bar of chocolate you know and I know I came here earlier and I'm saying to you oh I've put on weight (laughs) (laughs) no but you're in the greater scheme of things exactly you have to live and enjoy living and so no I I didn't change anything in my lifestyle Um, I did want to get back into exercise because I put on about two stone during the treatment but my first morning of chemo they weigh you every morning and they take your bloods and if your blood's and you have to wait by the way for the results of your blood to come back so oh. you could be there for two hours before you get your chemo oh, it's stop. a whole day thing and me being me went by myself because like I'm grand strong enough I'm course. grand I'll bring a book <laughs> which I did <laughs> my husband came with me on the first one obviously and he brought his laptop and he was beside me doing a bit of work and I was like you know, he was nearly annoying me. Like, I know. I so know, just, just I go. I know. Sorry, don't. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just thought I'd be better about myself. I do really. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my, my first morning they weighed me and I was nine stone on the button, which is quite, I think it's quite light. Yeah. And, but as I said, I had been running and yes, what I've yeah, yeah. And they said to me, you know, like nine stone is quite light and you're going to be quite sick from this and, and, and you're, you know, you're going to be laid up and you're going to be bed and, so I had to do, learn to do the opposite of everything I'd been doing. So I had to full fat butter, full fat milk, full fat yogurts. Um, you, you need the calories. To give yourself energy. Yes. Right. And to nearly combat the sickness. Now, a lot, some people don't agree with that. They think like, you know, they, they don't agree with that. But it worked for me. Wow. And they gave me a book um, of recipes. And it was, so, it was literally called like Nutrition While You're Going Through Cancer Treatment. And then the steroids you're on, like oh, yes. crazy weight gain. So I put on two stone. Nothing fitted me. I looked like, and then because I had lost my hair, <laughs> I was bald with a big round face. And I just, even looking back at photographs, my belly was actually coming out of my jeans. And I was like, but then having said that, I was focusing on my health and of getting better. Course. And my weight didn't really matter and at it, the time. It, sorry, just because you touched on it, sorry, I'm jumping back and forth, but it's just also interesting. But like the hair part, did that, yeah. how was that for you? 10 days after my first chemo. Okay. 
Cause just, just because that's always something I think when people think about cancer always that you know you go to chemo losing yeah. hair how people deal with it um, I suppose I knew it was going to happen like, yeah. but um, my chemo they said was um, I, had to, I had to get my cancer was very aggressive so they said they had to he should win an aggressive type of chemo mm-hmm. so mine was mm-hmm. one of the more aggressive and they gave me double doses okay. so I lost my hair 10 days after the first chemo and it started like I'd see a bit in the shower or a bit on the couch and then if I brushed my hair it'd be lumps and hairbrush and if I just touched my head it was coming out of my hands and I thought oh my god and then I was meet, meeting up with the girls I think for dinner before my second chemo mm. and that evening I had won a Facebook competition would you believe for dinner for six Oh my god. In La Brasserie. You're lucky, I tell you. I am quite you lucky. and your competition. Letting me get where's La Brasserie? Oh sorry, I, I know it. it. In I Galway. Know it. Fabulous. Yeah. So I won that and um I had a shower and I was getting ready to go and I brushed my hair and I was like, Oh my god It started coming out like literally and I took photographs and I actually sent it to the girls before and I was like and they were like, Oh my god, are you still able to come out? And I was like, Yeah. So Donna, my husband. You are amazing. I couldn't imagine that happened to me and then going for dinner. <laughs> but the dinner was free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta go. <laughs> so <laughs> true. <laughs> my husband picked up all my hair that had fallen out of my oh. head and my husband is bald. Okay. So he put it on top of his head. <laughs> and I took photographs and it was just hilarious. I tear streamed on my face. <laughs> And he called the kids in and he was like, look at my hair. And the kids were doubled over laughing. And it really broke the ice wow. for me, for them. And That's actually a nice moment, you know. Yeah. But he did it kind of spontaneously. It wasn't yeah, like when yeah, I did of this. Of course, of course. And the kids were like, mom, is that your hair on dad's head? Well, Fiona in particular, he was eight. And I was saying, yeah, mommy's hair is coming out. So anyway, I did what most people do. And you get it shaved before. Yeah, before you know, it because it's, that, it's, yeah. it's You couldn't handle it. Yeah. But one of my best friends was getting married the following week. Okay. And of course, I went to the wedding, and uh, <laughs> you wouldn't miss the wedding, Caroline. After all, yeah, this. and that dinner was free too. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> but my hair, like I had bald patches, so I kind of just pinned it up. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I went, and that wedding was on um, a Friday, and the following day, I got my head shaved. Wow. And my sister Mary came with me, and I asked Fionn, "Did he want to come with me?" I thought maybe if he watched it happening, you know, it wouldn't be as much of a shocker. Yeah, yeah. or tra- it's traumatic, and he said no. So Mary came with me, and. I chose um, to face a wall, not a mirror. Like, I didn't want to see her shaving mm. my head. Mm-hmm. It was my hairdresser that I always go to, so she actually tears streaming down her face, oh, shaving my I head. Know. And my sister was behind me, and I could, could hear her sniff, and I was like, would you shut up? You yeah, know? yeah. I need to be strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, got it shaved, and um, I had gotten a wig, but I didn't like wigs. Yeah. And I wore it once for my son's communion because he said to me, Mom, just for once, can you look like all the other moms? Would you wear the wig? Did he? Yes. Because I wore bandanas. And that's what suited me. Obviously, suited me, but it, I don't mean suited as in looks wise. I mean, you that's were what suited on that. That I was comfortable with. And like my poor mother, Lord of Mercy, now she would have, oh, she'd have to have the wig. You know, you could, you'd have to be seen with hair. Because you know, different generation. Well, that, sorry, but it's, it's such a. Is it a bit Irish or something? It a bit is, kind of and like she was you, you conform to. You know, no, it's you don't want to look different. With. I I can understand. I mean, to be honest, a bit harsh your son, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like you know, that's children. Yeah. They say things Absolutely. without even. Th- there's no emotional attachment yeah. to that like statement. Mm. Even he probably like, doesn't even remember saying that. Of now. course, but it cut me. I was like, oh, I'd say. Caroline. I said, of course, I'll wear it, and I did wear it, and actually, it was a lovely wig. Yeah, it was really nice, and it did suit me, and I wore it to the communion. And the amount of moms that came up to me and said, oh my God, you look fabulous. Only if I know it's a wig, I wouldn't know it's a wig. Yeah. Like, it looks great. 
And I was glad I did wear it for the photos. Yeah. And yeah. stuff. You don't want to be looking at your mother in your community with a bandana in her head. So he was yeah. right. Or equally, it didn't make you, maybe, you wouldn't look back and just instantly think, oh, I look sick there. You no, know, because I didn't. didn't. No. No, exactly, yeah. So I only wore that wig once. And actually, two or three weeks ago, I gave it away to um, a lady who is going through chemo. So I gave her that everything. That's so good. Well, paying it forward. And those wigs, all jokes aside, they're very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, they could be 500 euro. And if that gives someone, like, okay, you were more comfortable without it, but mm. if someone can feel mm. like themselves with it, Absolutely. that was a really nice thing. Well, she had three little girls and they got upset mm. if she didn't, if she had no hair. Yeah. So um, so I gave it to her and I gave her the special shampoo, the conditioners, and I just, oh, fair happy to. I had them all put away in a box. Up in the shelf in the hot press, and I, I don't know what I was ever going to do with them. I know. I even I had the, the head, the mannequin head, for putting your wig on at night. And I just give her the whole lot. Yeah. 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 That's good. And you know what? It's like, that's done now. Yeah. He's God, I'll never need it again. No, yeah. you won't. Exactly. So then you're back to your um, post, post treatment, and you had been mm. deciding you were going to get back into exercise or you were saying your lifestyle kind of yeah. at that point you hadn't changed anything dramatically but no I hadn't and I had started treatment the 8th January as I said and I finished on the 17th of May mm. so I had a calendar and I used to get a black permanent marker put an X through every day yeah because like you're getting closer to the finish line obviously yeah. um so then when I finished I naively had said I was going to go back to work in in maybe the August or September and my son Charlie was due to start school in the September and I thought no there's too much going on and I hadn't considered the whole mental health side of it like mm-hmm. I was just literally going through the paces going through the treatment and and you are like you're saying to me oh god you know I don't know how I'd manage but you do go into autopilot and I, I had three small children and they were still coming into me in bed in the morning mammy I want my breakfast mammy I want this my, my little one wasn't even two she you was jumping on me didn't have time to think about yourself. you didn't have time to feel sorry for yourself yeah. no and I, I had a huge guilt thing. Oh my God, the guilt was horrendous because I say I'd have my chemo today and for 10 days post-chemo, I would be so sick and so tired. And after day 10, I, I used to refer to it as I was coming out of the fog. Oh, yeah. And you just have a good week and then you're back to chemo again. But it was like being in a fog mm. and you'd be so sick. And there was days I didn't get out of bed sometimes till four o'clock in the day. Wow. I was so sick. And then I used to have to inject myself in the stomach. Um, new Lasta was the injection and it to help build up your 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 white blood cells your immune system okay. because you you lose your immune system it just crashes and so you have to do this injection and oh my god the side effects of that injection were i couldn't even begin to describe you really the bone pain the joint pain okay. i remember sitting at the table one sunday and donald at dinner and i sat at the kitchen table my head my hands and i was wrong crying i said oh i can't i can't even sit here and i was wrong crying. he was like oh my god like so was that nearly the worst part do you know what? That was near that, that those injections, the side effects of the injections were one of the worst parts. Wow. It was horrendous, but the good with the bad you had to do the injections. I know. So then they're telling you, um, if you don't exercise you'll get blood clots. Okay. So try and go for a walk, but don't walk in the rain, because if you get wet you'll get sick and you'll end up in hospital. So I used to do laps oh. of my house. It's like it, it's such head wrecking information. <laughs> like yeah. eat healthy, <laughs> but eat more, but so you have yeah. energy and yeah. you know rest your body, mm. but exercise. Yeah. So you know, oh. Well, after my second chemo, actually, I ended up. Um, I was neutropenic, and I don't know if you know what neutropenic was because I didn't. I suffer from neutropenia, so basically my immune system vanished. It was gone, even right. with the injections. Okay. So I ended up in hospital for I think nine nights, and for three of those days I couldn't see my kids because I was radioactive. So they didn't know what was wrong with me. 
And so because I was having scan stuff when I was radioactive, I couldn't leave my room and I was in the cancer ward and I worked for a builders and I remember them building the cancer ward and I remember doing the paperwork for it and I remember giving birth to Sienna, she was born in 2015, and walked the long corridor in the hospital and it was parallel to the diggers and it was a building site to be the cancer ward and I ended up being a patient. In, in the cancer ward that was in the car ward that you ward. were working on yes <gasps> and I said it's kind of the first time they're not named after saints it's the Clad of the Carob and the, the Shannon that's a sign of the times but um, mm. I ended up in there and again I know I spoke about Fiona and his anxiety but I had dropped Fiona to school that day and I said I'll pick you up and I never picked him up because I ended up going through any I didn't even tell my husband I was going to any I didn't tell anybody and I knew I wasn't well and um, I knew it wasn't right and I started developing this rash and the rash was patchy and the rash started joining up until there was no part of my skin that didn't have the rash what and yeah because I had no immune system and it was just I was so sick and I went into any and the whole lot and like hours later they said listen we're actually admitting you so I don't know I think I texted Earl and rang him I don't know and I said I'm, I'm in A&E and they're admitting me and he was like how do you mean you're in A&E are you not at home in bed oh. I'm in a- you're in A&E and you didn't tell me so I was like oh, I didn't want you're to you're alone yourself but I thought I'd be home again my car ended up being parked there you thought you'd get away with it well, yeah. sneaking in and out and collecting and not and anything. I know you know I know so, you're very good it's yeah well Donald had to ring his mother else. well and she came up from Tullamore to collect Fiona but she was 10 or 15 minutes late collecting him and he was outside the school wall and no one collected him. So we had big issues there. Mm-hmm. And then anytime I would be late collecting him, he'd say, mom's gone back into hospital, mom's gone back into hospital. That so is, yeah, well, that is scary for him too. Eight. You can appreciate that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was probably one of the hardest times, not even the treatment itself, but being in the hospital for someone, being away from the children. Of course. And Donald was trying to, to manage them? everything. I, I couldn't think of it. I know it was a two or three days, but... He was trying to still keep his job. He was trying to look after three kids. Now, his mum came up and his sister, she was 19 at the time, the sister, and she was a good help. But um, you just get through it. You just get on with it. Yeah, and nobody really considers Donald or the husband. Yeah. It's I all about... Say, that's really tough How's Caroline? Mm-hmm. And people would say to him, how's Caroline? Instead of saying, and how are you as well? Yeah. That mental health side yeah. for both of you after, yeah. there must be a period of just what just happened the last mm-hmm. year you know yeah like because you as you yeah. say you're in survival mode you just keep going mm-hmm. going going and then you probably do just stop and think whoa yeah that's taken us toll a bit sometimes know? i look back and and like even telling you the story and i think god how did she survive that and then i go that she is me yeah like as well, in, well i'm sitting here listening in shock to be honest well, <laughs> it's just it seems it's like you do so what you have to do of course i know but yeah. you know anybody you would do it because you just want to get better of course you yeah. know and I was just grateful that that I found it now people used to say to me used to grind on me aren't you lucky yeah I'm lucky I have cancer yeah but they meant well I and what they meant was aren't you lucky that you found the lump and aren't you lucky that it wasn't you know all over your body and aren't you lucky that it was treatable and aren't you lucky 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 and if some one person says lucky to me again I'm going to slap them I know but they meant well they do, I guess, but you know. they're just trying to, yeah, I know, I know, and it's such, a, it's one of those things probably no one knows what to say, because they know they you're going through Even my hell. sisters didn't know what to say. Yeah. They were like, so worried about me, and not knowing what to say, and then my sister Mags, who said to me, um, I'm so sorry, I haven't, I haven't rang you, I haven't texted you, but I don't know what to say to you, mm. and, and I'm like, but just ring me anyway. Yeah, just for a chat, just be you normal. Know. Yeah, yeah. 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 
So that was the so the aftermath, I guess you're both yourself and your husband trying to figure all of that out. Mm. And then did you find by getting back into exercise, did that help with yeah. clearing the head and I clearing had, the fog? Yeah. I had decided that I wanted to get back into it. And somebody had shared on Facebook um the gym in tune, they were doing this, it was called Be Active. So you could win okay. six weeks free membership, but you had to email in the manager and basically give your spiel about why you think you deserved it <laughs> I hadn't even liked Cora Leisure page on Facebook like yeah. I just you know I wasn't even on it that much at the yeah. time I am now and um, so I, I sent in my email and I basically said I've just kind of finished cancer treatment like two months ago um, I've put on two stone I used to be active and I want to get back into fitness I emailed back literally pretty much straight away said you're ideal candidate you've got a place wow. like you didn't even have to consider it stop they, they gave 40 memberships away, but sure, look, loads didn't come, loads didn't keep it up. Yeah. People came to one or two, you know, yeah. and that's the way things go. Yeah, yeah. So I just really liked it, and the classes were on a Saturday morning. Yes. So these Saturday morning classes that are on now, they never existed before the Be Active. Ah. So that was the Be Active, and then there was an interest. They could see there was an interest from the Saturday morning. So because you had six weeks free membership, it wasn't just class. It was classes, it was gym, it was pool, it was oh, works, everything yeah. in six weeks. So I would come in and I was doing class. I would start to do class every second day. Wow. And I remember my first spin class with Steve. Remember Steve? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. When you do a spin class with Steve, you leave thinking, will I ever yeah. go back? Will I ever but walk? then there's that kind of weird, <laughs> sick side of us that thinks, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you feel good. You know, like, yeah. You never regret yeah. a workout. No. You know, you regret the one you didn't do. Absolutely, yeah. it's yeah. my. If this could be one of my mantras <laughs> that I put out there. Absolutely, it's yeah. true. It's yeah. True. So yeah, um, I won the six weeks, and then after that, I thought, well, I'm definitely joining. Yeah. So I signed up for the year, and I never looked back. And I met. I have made so many friends I know. through the gym and through the class, and it's kind of this, it's the same gang that goes to the same classes, course, you know. Yeah. And because I was still off work, I could, and and Charlie started school, and Sienna was only. Well, she must have turned, she must be, no, she was, t- she was two. I think I put her into play school or something. Mm. You know, I can't even remember. But I started going to the classes and that was it. And even Donald was saying to me, oh my God, like not about the way I looked or anything, but like I was just so much, I was sleeping better. I was yeah. just happier. I felt better. Mm-hmm. I got a great buzz out of it. Like, And this is the thing. That's one of the, it's one of the, one of the mm. main reasons. Mm. Well, number one, I go well go and got into the gym so much and also wants to do personal training mm. because people totally underestimate mm. it absolutely for your so mental powerful. health yeah. you know i think people always associate yoga and with meditation and mindfulness yeah. but they actually don't take into consideration that like a really hardcore sweat session you know if you're not that person mm. who can just sit quietly in a room or take it easy I'm not either. No. You know, you actually need like action. I need to get the heart rate up. Yeah, and, yeah. and be pumping sweat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you come out like and done like, something. Oh, yeah. like I did that. You know, yeah. and I'd love to hear you say it because it's like it's not just me. There's no. so many people no. that feel. And the yoga benefits. wouldn't be. No, yoga's great, but it's oh, too yeah, slow like for me. Yeah, me too. And you know, I need to come out. Like that's the thing. I think people just yeah, they do underestimate. And I love as you're saying too, the community feeling there. Absolutely, I've you made know. so many friends. And even when I go in. Like there was whoever's in reception, Sarah Sharon Durban, whoever, hi Caroline, hi Caroline. Yeah. And everybody knows you. It's so lovely, isn't you it? You know, and yeah. even when you're when I ring up book in a class, Durban is so funny. Hello Caroline, she knows my voice straight yeah, away. I know. And it's the same 
same group of people they the are exceptional time. there like Carol Leisure yeah, makes such good. an effort and I think it's just it is just a testament to the mall Absolutely. and staff yeah. because they make you they make yeah. you feel at home like me I'm not from here and yeah. I never felt you know it took me a while to feel like at home mm-hmm. here and that's one of the things that does it because yeah. then you feel oh I'm part you, of the community you feel like you belong yes yeah. and they it's amazing mm-hmm. they probably don't even take that into consideration no they're just doing what because mm-hmm. I went in one Sunday with Donal and the kids into the pool mm-hmm. and Dorf was said oh oh, this is your husband and she said to Donal it's nice to meet Caroline's family because we're her gym family yeah she said oh, I thought it was so nice it's like, lovely yeah, you yeah. know and they mean every bit of it like, they do, so, they do. they're just such nice yeah. it's a great crew and um, obviously then we wouldn't have even got no. to Talking, you know and yeah. that was the funny thing about our first meeting too is that we only got chatting about the gym because you looked amazing you had obviously lost weight you had like toned up and I was just like god and I think we were talking about that and I was kind of like how long have you been gymming mm. for and it was all just like gym 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 yeah. gym and then somewhere in the conversation you just kind of casually know. dropped in oh well just when I finished my chemo and, did it, and I was kind of like hang on a sec <laughs> what like you what and I, I just couldn't I do remember you saying to me you had yeah and I was like yeah yeah. and then we kind of got into it all and what also was incredible that night you were telling me that the week or two before you had also done Mm. a talk yeah in Marish Medical okay in Galway it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month it was October yeah and they had actually approached me and asked me would I do public speaking if you like maybe Mm. in front of a group of about 60 in Marish Medical and basically just kind of was tell my story and, and try and help raise awareness and Professor Michael Kern was there so everybody knows who he is you know mm-hmm. and so I would be kind of up on a stage if you like or you know in front of the crowd with him being interviewed by somebody like you like you being interviewed <laughs> by a lady yeah. and um, I did it and now my initial response was oh no no yeah. and they were like you know we think you'd be very good at it and you're young and you have young children and you're not the stereotypical older you know maybe 50s or 60s with mm-hmm. all due respect you know I might kind of strike a chord with yeah. a, a different yeah. set of people yeah and people might think well I wouldn't get cancer at that age or I certainly wouldn't get breast cancer As at that age people do so it's yeah. so important to make yeah. that awareness yeah you know? yeah so how did, did you find that like you yeah because oh, I remember I you nervous. telling me that it was just such a it, if really if anyone isn't used to that environment mm. and especially a company you don't mm. know people mm. you don't know yeah and talking about something so personal yeah in front of yeah people looking up at you with their arms folded <gasps> but you know my boss is amazing because i said to him um that i was that i was asked to do this talk and that i was going to go and do it and uh i was like oh i'll take a half day's annual leave he's like forget about the annual leave. this he actually said to me as far as i'm concerned this is only a day's work Oh. And you're, you're doing something to help people. If yeah. you don't worry about work, yeah. you head off whenever you want to head off and you don't need to come back and you go and you, and you do that, you know. Yeah. So I, was, I comfortably went off, you know. That's nice. Now they had said to me if I wanted to bring someone in to the crowd or if my husband wanted to come and I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but my, You prefer doing these things on your own, don't you? <laughs> I just, yeah, I do. I know, I, do. I know. And um, my first cousin Kathleen actually works there and she was in for the talk and... Uh, she was lovely. She came up to me before and she said, listen, Karen, if you get nervous, whatever, I'm going to be sitting over here. Just look down at me, you know. So I did look at her a couple of times and she kind of smiled at me. And then that night she texted me. Oh, my God, the text she sent me was fabulous. Like, and she said, Caroline, you know, you were, you were so controlled and you were so calm. And it's like you've been always doing this. And I said to her, I was so nervous, like my heart was beating. She said, you could never tell. Wow. She said, you came across so just calm and controlled. I remember she said controlled and I was thinking, really? 
But um, I had a great chat then with uh, the professor afterwards, and he was saying to me, um, "I need to get your number because you know, if would you would you do something like this again? Because wow. we need somebody like you to do something like this mm-hmm. again." And as I said to you, they gave me the recording. I still haven't listened to it. Yeah, I wanted the record. I I actually asked for the recording. I wanted it, and Fionn had been asking me and asking me. Um, he wanted to hear it. Yeah, and I still haven't. But I you will. There, there'll it. be a moment where you will. I will. You know, yeah. um, but I felt so nervous doing it. And then they said to me in it, why did you agree to do this? Or what do you think? Um, you know, and I said, well, if one person here in, mm-hmm. in the crowd goes home tonight, genuinely, it sounds like a cliche, but I mean, if one person told me to check themselves, yeah. then it was worthwhile me coming and sitting there and, and going through the, the sweat attacks and in front of people. A couple of people asked questions, but a couple of ladies, and one in particular struck me, came up to speak to me afterwards in private because she didn't feel comfortable, fair enough. And she told me she was actually going through chemo and people at work didn't even know. Wow. And uh, so she must have been so happy to see you come in that yeah. day because, you know, people probably feel so alone and yeah. especially if they're in work and have to just, mm. you know, if they're choosing not to tell people and then they have to just pretend mm. like life is normal. And there's a large number of people in factories yeah, as well. you know. Yeah. So that was a huge thing. It's a very selfless thing you did because you really, you know, to go up and put yourself out there for the sake of, as you say, if one person gained yeah. something from it, it yeah. was worth it, yeah. you know. And would you do more in future, do you think? I don't know. Like, I, when I came out of it, I actually, I was on a high. Mm. And I was saying, I can't believe I did that. And they presented me with a bouquet of flowers Aww. and everybody applauded me. And they had this whole setup, like they had got me in caterers. And when I was leaving, um, Mark Butler is his name. He is the head of Merit and the head of, I don't know, all the, lot of okay. factories and stuff okay. I wouldn't know personally because okay. I don't work there but like because I have three small kids at home they loaded up my boot going home with boxes <laughs> of sweets for the kids they had gotten little cupcakes with you know the symbol for the breast cancer awareness no, with the pink ribbon yes, on them yeah. I brought home boxes of cupcakes I brought oh, home Caroline uh, fabulous ribbon cookies um, soft drinks everything everything the kids, the kids must have been thrilled to see you come and helium on. balloons and oh. they were thrilled yeah yeah so so that was worth it I left yeah. on a high yeah absolutely and mm-hmm. I got did get really good feedback brilliant so I was happy about it and you never know what doors that would open and like again only for your journey you would have never been brought into that environment no or prove to yourself that, that you I can do that yes. I would have said not a hope in hell mm-hmm. my sisters even are saying to me oh my god you're great to do it can't believe you're doing it and I said, well, I did initially say no, but then I said, I'll think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And background as well, not, again, not just, we need to go mm-hmm. into it. Anything, yeah. But your dad had passed away pretty soon before that. Daddy had passed away um, in the September, he passed away September 9th. Yeah. And I did the talk, I think early October. He was probably, no, do you know what it was? He was, he was three weeks passed away. Yeah. And so before the talk, there was this, the lady that was going to interview me sat down and she was lovely. And she said, kind of like what we did I'm, go- I'm going to say to you like what we're going to talk about any topic you don't want to touch on you're not comfortable with we won't so one of the questions she asked me did like a mock one first and yeah. she said to me and you know and how did your parents take the news and I got so emotional I said listen my dad passed away a few weeks ago and she was like right we're not even going to go there we're yeah. not even going to ask that yeah. because the day that I was diagnosed <clears throat> my dad was 84 or no he was 85 he was 85 mm. and the day I was diagnosed when I think about it, the first thing I said to, to the consultant was, my dad's age five, how am I going to tell him? Yeah. And he was like, that just okay, shows forget it. That's just you are worrying about everyone else. But I just thought, 
I can't tell him like you know because mammy had gone through it and he had Very obviously harsh, suffered with yeah. her going through it and I thought I can't tell him his baby I'm his baby mm. someone told me my baby had cancer yeah like you know and it doesn't matter that I was 37 38 I'm still his was still his baby yeah. and uh, I just I thought I couldn't tell him and my sisters actually told him for me and uh, he took it really well but like he used to say to me when are you bound to get it when he was bound to get it. Mm. You know, and he was kind of like that. That was obviously a fear of his then, if he said I'd that. say so, and yeah. with four girls. Of course. Yeah. And then he ended up dying of cancer, would you believe? He had esophageal, is that a pretty, mm. cancer in his esophagus. Yeah. And he was, we were told he had cancer and he died nine days later. Oh, God. So we had days. zero time to, like, we hadn't even really processed the fact that he had cancer. Yeah. And then he, he was gone. It's just so sad. Yeah. And like, and then for you, three weeks after, to yeah. get up in front of people to talk about cancer is like, yeah. that's huge. Well, I did it. And I and you know, it's funny because I thought, well, daddy would be proud of me. Yeah, of course. You know, and I know he was only, and I said, daddy more so than my mother, because my mother is nearly 10 years passed away. So I suppose he was more mm-hmm. current on my mind, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously very raw with him. And I thought, because I used to always go to daddy for advice. I was daddy's girl. Aww. like, and. Even when I was 30s, like yeah. a go-to for advice. And I knew, I said, if I went and asked him what I did, he'd say, absolutely, get up and do it. <laughs> and he would say, don't even think about not doing it. So that's nice. It's like you did it for him then. I, he, I, he was I with you. He's there, yes. He was with yeah. you. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think so. And he was saying, you know, you're great. Yeah. Because he would always encourage you, like, and you're yeah. great. And for a man of his generation, like, he would always say, I love you, I love you. And oh. he would end the phone call with, I love you, and I love yeah. you all. And, and that's so important. I don't think people do that enough, you know? I know. Like, they don't. It's so important. It's just, I know. I've gotten to this yeah, now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a tissue to You're give not you. You're not you. I'm going to cry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, I but suppose. No, just thinking nice, about him. In such a nice... Yeah. Yeah. And like, we, we, we got on so well. As, as, as Daddy said, you know, the way they talk when they're older, we were all very great. Yeah. As in, we got on very well. We never, genuinely, we never argued. Yeah. And we never disagreed on things. Like and I very much like would have respected him and everything yes. he said and well if he said it well then that must be the way it is yeah and yeah. I wouldn't really go against Argued. him yeah you know yeah. so yeah I suppose it was like it was very recent yeah you know but um and that again it was just one of the reasons I guess why that night in the gym it, the whole thing I can't even tell you know when you just feel like something's in the air and it was mm-hmm. from the moment I started walking into the gym. I actually it was this something silly I saw something outside the gym and it reminded me of my brother and I remember kind of laughing about it Spongebob Squarepants you know up in the top room of the gym there's like a kids playground yeah, yeah, yeah. playroom and because it was October and the pitch black early in the evening the lights were on in that kids room and they've, they're never <laughs> on normally at night and for some reason I looked up and I saw a mural of Spongebob Squarepants and I remember I'd been in such a bad mood and I looked up and I saw it and I kind of laughed to myself because my older brother and me used to love it when we were younger and I just kind of thought of Steve and I was laughing to myself and I thought oh get over yourself Laura it's not that bad a day you know yeah, and yeah. then I kind of went in and then it was the, the class and then going in and enjoying it and then mm-hmm. talking to you and by the end of it like as I say, we were only talking about the gym and then you were kind of telling me like, oh yeah, and I was here tonight after doing 10 runs with the kids <laughs> and I had dropped, like, I I, yeah, and you were like, and I dropped Charlie here and I did this and I thought, I've been in and out of the gym about 10 times today. That used to be me. And I was looking at you yeah. thinking, I'm exhausted listening yeah. to this. I was like, how did yeah. you do it? And then I was, I actually remember saying to you too, I was like, I actually feel guilty for even thinking about a bad <laughs> day today. That. Or, you know, because you have, but that was then before you went yeah. into 
your story, hearing about your your cancer journey, and then obviously doing the talk that mm. just a few weeks yeah. pre prior to that. Yeah. And your dad and everything, and I actually came away feeling just in, like amazed that evening. And I and I said it to Dara. I he was left left sitting out in the car <laughs> for Dara for forty minutes. But anyway, and I actually get out, and I was like buzz like this weird energy and I was like I've just met like the most amazing person and he was kind of like oh what he was like well what were you doing for 40 minutes you know but anyway and I told him and I was like I you know I asked her to do the podcast and I hope she does and I hope she doesn't think it's too much but I just honestly thought it was so incredible and the fact that you were just so light about it all and you know it just you're an amazing you're an amazing person Caroline and it's oh, such a pleasure to talk to you. you you really are and that's why I just knew I wanted to have this conversation with you <laughs> where are the tissues <laughs> but yes thank you so much I think that is yeah it's basically it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot for one person to have ever gone through and like thank you so much for talking to me about it it, it really is incredible and I think even the message from this for anyone um, not only I think how resilient people can be mm-hmm. and how strong we can all surprise ourselves I guess when we're dealt these awful cards but also then the importance to check ourselves yeah and that's something like I'm guilty I'm 31 mm-hmm. and it's something I don't even think mm-hmm. about and that's wrong you know I, I need to you do yeah I do and I'm going to take that as my takeaway from today yeah. like you've said a day in the month yeah that's the day I'm going to do it and just be proactive you know um, but yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>